Eddie's got the Latin music going today. He's feeling his Latinness. He wants everybody to feel in the mood. I don't know if you know, it's Mardi Gras time. And it's also the time for headlines to get even crazier than normal when it comes to the housing market. And this, the one that always cracks me up is the housing market gains dropped sharply. <laughs> Like, makes me laugh, makes me laugh. But we're going to talk about that headline in just a second. I actually have a new microphone now. So you guys let me know if I sound a little bit better. And um, another thing I want to let you guys know, a little bit of news about the channel. If you don't want to watch this on YouTube, you can actually listen to this now as a podcast. In the uh, description of this, uh, of this, you can see that, that all the places now I'm live streaming or streaming this as a podcast. So I'm just taking the audio from this live stream and putting it as a podcast so you can listen in the car so you don't have to have YouTube running. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. I forget the other ones, but um, Eddie's been putting it out to the universe. I don't have a fancy intro. It sounds exactly the way as you guys are watching it right now as a live stream. So fantastic. I'm glad to have that in there. So we're going to be talking about the housing market and the gains that dropped sharply, the gains that dropped sharply. And um, I have a special guest and he was talking about it on his podcast, which made me laugh. So Ray Ellen, come on down. Yay. Ray Yay. Ellen is the, uh, Arkansas housing market. So that's right. Ray, tell them a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm a real estate agent in Arkansas. I've been doing this, I guess, since 2007. Long time. I got, I got my license in January of 2007. We had an amazing four or five months. October of 2007. <laughs> I was in October. Oh, so you, you kind of knew what you were getting into. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah. Why not? When I got my license, yeah. everything was like sugar plum and lollipops. It was great. And then it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Started the worst housing market in history, but whatever, you know, yeah. we like a there challenge. We like a challenge. Timing. So, Ray, I, I know that you've been talking about this and we always you and I both always talk about how the headlines always are just a little bit crazy. So this Fox News yeah. headline came across and it was I actually took the my thumbnail is literally a quote from them because it was like a play on words. They always try to confuse us on what they mean by this. Eddie's going to be pulling up this article. and We're going to we're going to read a little bit of it. <laughs> U.S. home prices gains fall sharply in November as rising mortgage rates cool the housing market. So what do you think when you see a headline like this, my friend, Ray? I mean, so I know what I would think if I was an average consumer. It sounds terrible. But, you know, we've been doing this so long that we've been seeing these types of we've actually on our podcast. We were like, hey, guys, watch for this. It's coming. This headline is coming. And that's mm -hmm. what we've been seeing for the past couple of months. But it's it's kind of irritating, too, because not until you get into the meat of these articles, do you find out that things are still going up? Yes. And that's exactly right. I've been telling that pe to people <laughs> on in, in my little podcast world, the people that come to my channel, they are quite educated on what the headlines mean because we get into it. And uh, if we scroll down to just a bit, this is where the 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 part that really made me laugh, because I'm like, this is even like if you didn't know what you were saying. What does yeah. this even mean? All right. Prices in November increased 8.6% from a year ago, uh, period. <laughs> increased. Wait, just... eight... Oh, Eddie, where'd you go? Eddie got, Eddie got confused for a minute. He clicked some buttons. Let's scroll down there, buddy. <laughs> oh, oh, now it's going to do auto it, ads for him, too. That's yeah, great. that's what happens. He had us to fix that because when the ads come up. But increased 8.6% from a year ago. Yeah, that's... and that's how they weakened. 
Yeah. That, that's how they weakened. They still increased 8.6%. That um, but With that headline, it made it seem like prices were falling, but they increased 8.6%. Uh, yeah. From a year ago period with the smallest gain in two years, according to new data published from uh, Tuesday by CoreLogic. On a monthly basis, prices dropped 0.2%. 0.2%. And I want to know where they dropped the point the point two percent because there's a lot of markets that yeah. are increasing quite a bit. Prices are now at about two point five percent below their spring 2022 peak and are expected to continue following falling this year, eventually tumbling into negative territory before rebounding around two percent or three percent by the end of the year. So they're saying that there's going to be a decrease, but by the end of the spring, we'll still be ahead three percent. And that's what a lot of tumbling, tumbling into negative territory, tumbling (laughs) before, before rebounding two or three. (laughs) Like, how did they come up with this? What, what do you you think that they're coming up with this random number that they're going to tumble, but then come back to 3%. And and the experts have been saying that, like, it's probably pretty much going to be a flat market for quite some time. And then, you know, like only at 3% gains in some areas, which isn't terrible with the amount of increases that we've had across uh, a lot of these housing markets, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, three, from? three to six percent appreciation is kind of average in most markets. So Perfect. that would just mean that we are returning to the old school market that everything is kind of normal. So it's a normalization of the market, which I think we all saw coming. I mean, the the people that are creating these articles, you they have to get everyone to click. Right. It's like the crash YouTubers, right? They're just trying to get you to click and they're going to talk about this crash that never happens. And the next time they'll talk about it again, it never happens. So it's kind of the same thing that these journalists are doing to where they have to say that home price gains are tanking. Right. So now your brain reads it that home prices are tanking and the economists are trying to say, well, it looks like home prices aren't going to gain as much as they did last year. But I'm always thrown by the size of your mug. It's a huge mug. I, I know, but I have to show you this because a, a listener gave this to me. <laughs> I like big mugs and I cannot lie. It's an enormous <laughs> mug. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, but anyway, the economists are saying that things I think are going to be a little more normal. And that's not a bad thing. The return to affordability, that would seem like a good thing. So I don't know why it's not more celebrated instead of, well, I do know because they're trying to get you to click. They have to sell the ad. Yeah, but I, the part that makes me uh, nervous for people that are looking for these housing crashes, you know, because there's people that are like, I'm just going to wait for it to crash, right? Yeah. Uh, and if they just, they're seeing a 3% gain, they're still waiting on the fence line because the housing crash bros have promised them there's going to be a 40% decrease in prices. I mean, you could. I mean, there's plethora of videos out there of these dudes who are like, oh, this is taking all over the place. And yes, there are some markets that have seen a correction, right? Um, But I just, I can't see it falling into the ground, right? Um, And that's the part that makes me so incredibly nervous is there are people that are sitting there saying that they're going to wait for it to crash and that may never happen for them, you know? Yeah, I think back, uh, what was it, two years ago? Right as the right as the pandy started, Susie Orman came out and was like, "Hey guys, I would wait until November, December, before you buy." And she, I mean, if you run the numbers, she's over a hundred and thirty something percent wrong, which like you have to really try to be that wrong. But she was telling people, "Wait, wait on the homes to crash." She actually said that 50%. your next door neighbor's house 
Yeah, it was fifty percent de- decrease in your next door neighbor's house. If you're living in a three hundred thousand dollar house, they were going to have to foreclose or, or flash sell theirs for one hundred and fifty, and that's going to create comps, and everyone's house is going to go down. Like this is what she was saying in April or May, and then by December, January, or uh, November, December, when she was telling everyone to buy, home prices had increased thirty to fifty percent. So I think I think there's a lot that are on the sidelines right now that are waiting, but what we've seen which is proving that home values are still good is the flood of investors to our market. We are working with more investors right now than ever before. And when I tell my buyers this, big investors uh, like Blackstone investors or little investors, both, both. Mm. We have several new investors that are coming into the market. We've got several people that have bought three or four houses. They're coming into the market. And then we have some people that are buying 10 to 15 a month. And we're working with more investors right now than we ever have been. Uh, and one of the interesting things, we'll tell our buyers, like a regular buyer this, like, you know, our, if you don't want to buy it at this, mm-hmm. you know, you're saying no to this, that we've negotiated this deal. The sellers come back and told you, you want to say no, that's fine. But I want to let you know that if it's okay with you, I'm going to tell our investors about this deal and they'll probably buy it. And they're like, I can't believe an investor would enter this market at inflated prices. I'm like, they're not really that inflated. And you really got a really good counter here. So, yeah. So, BD once had just put the, his local newspaper, just, or Hayden Her, sorry, excuse me, building to rent chucks of new San Antonio neighborhoods going directly to investors as rentals. And yeah. that's uh, like, they'll buy up whole streets now. They'll buy BTR. up. Like, yeah, build to rent. Do you think that's the future of uh, housing? Do you think that millennials and zennials and gen, you know, whatever's, ooh, I just hit myself, <laughs> are going to be buying, <laughs> renting instead of buying because it's become so unaffordable? I, I you know, the the silver wave as it happened. That's what everyone was waiting the on to release. Tsunami. That's what they yeah. call it. The silver yeah. tsunami. <laughs> that really has it. They were expecting that to open up all this housing inventory that millennials would then purchase for resale. And that really hasn't happened. We're still so short on supply most places around the country. Um, I don't know. I talked to I talked to a builder the other day and I said, Hey, are you still building? And he was kind of a part-time builder. And he said, No, we're not really building anything right now. I said, Why not? He said, Stuff's sitting in the fives and six hundred thousand, which that's pretty expensive in our market. Bigger and I said, too. Well, the pocket, the pocket in our market is three to four hundred. If you could build something for three to four hundred, it's gonna sell in a day. Like we'll mm-hmm. sell it right now. And he said, I can't afford to build in three to four hundred. There's no way I can get the prices down. So I think that's part of the issue yep. is that the people who would build there can't build there and make the margins they need to, to make the whole build worth it. Materials, labor, land, it's still too expensive, which leads to the whole affordability situation. And as long as that's perpetuating, there's going to be people that are going to be renting. And the more renters that are in the market, then BTR is going to be all over the place. Absolutely. And that reminds me of an article that I actually sent to you. And this was something that uh, a DC mayor proposed. So Eddie, can you pull up that uh, article about uh, she wants Biden to stop the stay at home? She's like, no more work from home. Government employees should be government employees should be (laughs) DC mayor calls on Biden to end federal work from home or create affordable housing. So what she wants them to do is either a instead of leaving these buildings, send them back to work, either a send them back to work. So they're, they're filling up these buildings and those shops can work or she wants them to turn those buildings into affordable housing, which in my area, I've been saying that down here in Baton Rouge, we have a lot of empty, uh, uh, office buildings, I would love for them to turn them into affordable housing. Yeah. 
Uh, we even have an empty mall. And I, I, every time I see that mall, I'm like, why don't they just turn that into an assisted living? That would be the perfect assisted living where you hmm. could put like uh, medical facilities at the bottom and then all the residents could live at the top. And you remember the mall walkers of the 80s and the 90s when the old people used to yeah. walk around? They would be doing that in the inside. They're already you know? there. <laughs> They're already there, man. They wouldn't. They all just walk out of their condo and go walk the ball. Right. <laughs> I, I thought about this. I think it's a great idea. Hey there, Sir Ashley. Uh, you know him? He's fantastic. No, I don't, man. How's it going? You, know, you got to get to know him. He's a fantastic real estate agent in North Carolina. Cool. Raw. I think this is a good idea. The problem with what this mayor's asking, she's basically saying, uh, "Dear federal government, please be more efficient." <laughs> if anything has taught us anything about the federal government being more efficient in the last uh, i don't know yeah. three four five days uh that could be a challenge <laughs> yeah i mean how could they possibly afford to uh, spend 31 trillion if they're being efficient with their dollars it's just not going to happen i mean i i don't like vacant buildings so you, you got to do something and basically she's saying it's like you know, if we look at it as in like a mayor and federal government and stuff, a lot of people kind of get yuppie about getting government, you know, involved in real estate, whatever. They own a bunch. She's basically like, this is where our federal government headquarters are. Right. So she's basically asking a company, hey, you've got all these empty buildings, fill it with your staff or release the buildings. Let us do something with it. And I think that's a smart move by the mayor, but I don't, I don't know if anything's going to come of it. We're going to get right back to what we we're talking about, but Lamar had a good question. What is BTR? That means build to rent. Build yeah. to rent. And there's a lot of communities that have um, in Phoenix, Arizona, that have were originally supposed to be uh, just regular housing product uh, projects, you know, that they were going to be put, you know, people could buy. And then they turned them into build to rent. They were all set, uh, built just for the specificity of being rented out. But yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's a good idea to have the empty office buildings, you know, as people aren't working from are working from home more, turn them into affordable housing. We have a shortage all over the place, especially in major cities. If those buildings are sitting vacant, why not use them for a good use? I mean, it makes sense to me. But there's always some issue. There's always some reason why they can't do it. Build a rent. Uh, chucks of San Antonio neighborhoods going directly to investors as rentals. Yeah, that's it isn't just San Antonio. I mean, it was they were talking about this uh, about four months ago in mm -hmm. Phoenix. It was huge. It's um, huge all over the place. It's big in Florida. It's markets that have whose home prices have gone out of reach of what most people can afford in the area. That's the markets where this is really taken off. Yeah. Yeah. The, the home price increases in the most popular areas have outpaced what somebody can buy with their income. That's, yeah, like Austin, Texas. Do you think? Yeah. yeah like Austin. Do you have any yeah. of these in your area? Build your rent neighborhoods? No, no. not at we all. We don't have like, them here either. Maybe like on a real small scale. Uh, maybe in Northwest Arkansas, but no, not, not at the scale that this is happening. Yeah. We have enough, enough uh, affordability. Well, I, I will say that the, the plus side it is like for the longest time, we had a lot of homes in that 250 range that people could, there was tons of them out there, you know, for the last two years, there's none. <laughs> there's yeah. none. Yesterday I saw two houses that hit the market and they were in the two hundreds. I was like, those will go fast. And I was like, I can't believe this hasn't sold yet. Oh, it only been on the market for four hours. <laughs> we're <laughs> seeing, one. we're seeing home. I mean, it's not like new construction, beautiful stuff. It's resale right, stuff, but you know, we, we're selling stuff under 200. Um, our investors love it. Our, we're yeah. trying to get the buyers to go ahead and pull the trigger, but they're all nervous about, you know, they don't want to own a property that in three months is worth half because Susie, 
Come on. Uh, you know, it, in I'm not going to like, I'm let, let me give Susie Orman a little bit of defense because when the pandy started, there was a lot of like the builders, home builders said, eee! they screeched halt. They're not going to build anymore. Mm -hmm. There was a, uh, a, a couple weeks where people were like, what's going to happen? Are we all going to like fall over in, you know, keel over? Like what, what's going to happen? They were scared. And there was a lull in the housing market for those few weeks in those two weeks. That's when she was. Mm -hmm. And I even did a video at that time too, thinking that, um, that, that there's going to be a lot of people that are just going to say, forget it. And the housing prices were going to drop. And then not only that, that when you saw the, the forbearance thing come out and how many people applied for it, not knowing they applied for it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We had a, we had a little video about that. We called it being forburned. We did like a late yes. night TV commercial. I were you forburned? <laughs> yeah. Because we, I actually called, uh, whenever it was happening, you know, as a realtor, I want to know what this stuff is too. So we called and said, what's this forbearance thing? What's, what's it about? And they almost put me on it just by calling and asking the question about educating myself on what it is, you know, calling my bank. And so there were several people that called the fig, like, what is it? What does it mean? And they were put on it instantly just because of the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Prusa has a question. He wants to know the name of my podcast. It's real estate for everyone with Christina Smallhorn. His Alexa is very sensitive. So he wants to know. J Jerry <laughs> wants to know. I don't know if Jerry's a female or male. Jerry, I'm sorry if I Jerry. misgendered you. Um, Jerry says, uh, this could, could this be seasonal? I don't see people buying houses at the start of the year. Um, here in Louisiana, and, and every single housing market is completely different. But here in Louisiana, housing doesn't pick up. Uh, it kind of like uh, slows down at the beginning of... Um, uh, like a Halloween time, it starts to slow down. You, of course, have some sales in November and December, but they're not nearly uh, picked up until after Mardi Gras. The minute like the, you, people throw the way the beads out here, like as soon as they're done with that, they're like, now it's been to home shop. And I'm not kidding. So it's, uh, yeah, it's Mardi Gras time. So once Mardi Gras is done, then they're ready to home shop again. And they'll and that season continues to pick up all the way until the beginning of August. Once the beginning of August starts and school starts, we have like two weeks of like barely any houses are selling or going under contract. Yeah. And then it kind of like they start closing in September. You know, those start from that were uh, signed in, in July. Those start closing in September. And then it just continues like slow down from October all the way to the end of our season. It's not like a Interesting. big boom. We're yeah. um we're fairly consistent. I mean, there's only a real slight bump in March. I actually went back over 60 years, running the numbers every year and laid it mm -hmm. over each other to see what the seasonality was. Mm -hmm. And and the seasonality was just like a slight bump in March. Every year just had a real slight bump in March of closings. So that meant actually in February there were more, more homes sold. But other than that, it was pretty, pretty even, just kind of up and down randomly. Yeah, I've, I found out that some markets, like in the summertime, they slow down because people go on vacations. Like uh, I had uh, mm -hmm. an agent here from from Boca Raton, and she's like, in the summertime, we're we're slower. I mean, she's like, of course it's busy because mm -hmm. the people come down, and she said, but we're really busy, like you know, in the winter time because all the snowbirds come down mm -hmm. and they're looking for real estate. And I was like, huh, interesting. You know, every market we have a lot of people that go. We have mm -hmm. a lot of people that leave here on vacation in, during the summer. That may be what evens it out, actually. Mm hmm. Uh, delusional Diablo, Diablo, Delbo, 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 
<laughs> Delusion Adelbo. It's uh, just starting to decline here in the Tampa Bay area. So are home prices going down or is it listing prices that have come down? Because I've noticed that sellers have gotten or much more realistic. Because um, like... I don't know if you saw like over the summer, I don't know if this happened to your market, but it was certainly here. We had the sellers that could not get their mind wrapped around the fact that, you know, the party has over, you know, you're going to have to be more realistic. You can't list it 30, 40, you know, thousand over and get that price. Um, you have to kind of be in line with the market. So it took, you know, we did see price reductions, but they weren't like, they were like, oh, that neighbor took their house down $30,000. I'm like, they didn't really take it down $30,000. They were never should have been $30,000 more than it was, you know, like they're finally in line with what the, the comps are for the neighborhood. They were just dreaming. So mm -hmm. is that what happened in your area too? Yeah. I mean, you can see a, a property with a, a huge price drop and you look at what they did and they just had this huge aspirational sale price. Hey, if we can sell it, we'll put it on the market for this. And whatever agent took it and eventually they dropped it to where it could, you know, be more realistic sell. But it's still we higher have, than what it would have sold last year. So, right. We did have some people that were just testing the market. So they would have this mm -hmm. property and they were asking 500,000 and you're like, there it's at max 425 but they were like i want to see i want to see if i can get it if i can get that number then i'm going to stay and of course then they withdraw it right. because they're not going to get 500,000 we got a we had a lot of those testers just testing the market and they they kept their house so interesting well we had um i'll 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 check the numbers real quick but we had about 48% of our market had price mm -hmm. drops and that sounds really bad and i went back and looked at december of 2019 and mm -hmm. it was like 43% of the market at that time. I was going to say, that doesn't truck. seem bad at all. Like no, Boise, Boise there for the, when they started talking about their price drops, it was like 86%. That's, that was bad, but they were over, they Part were really, they gained really high at that time. Yeah, so we're at 41% right now. It's the 90 day average and back. And that's normal. Year, yeah. in January of 2020, it was 41%. So it's exactly normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's it goes haywire during the uh, during the pandy. <laughs> well, that, 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 that is unprecedented times. I keep telling people it's I'm tired year. of living in unprecedented yeah. times. I'm done with it. <laughs> um, do you think uh, due to seasonal pricing will go up after this winter? Like when it went up after 2021 and 2022, do you think there's going to be a price increase because of the it, it could possibly happen in some markets, especially if you don't have a lot of new home construction and the supply of homes is very limited. It could, but I don't think it would happen at the same pace. Right. This time period she's talking about, 21, 2021 and 2022. Well, that's unprecedented. Like, yeah. yeah. So I don't think it'll happen at that pace. But mm -hmm. um, I, home prices are still, I mean, they're higher now than they were. So they're still going up. You know, mm -hmm. like we said earlier, it's like, what, 8.6% higher than it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. So home prices are still going up. They're just going to go up at a slower pace. It's not going to be that exponential increase that it was. Oh, Eddie's pulling up. Uh, he's he's oh, yeah, Boise, Idaho. Yeah, Boise, Idaho. For the first time in October of 2014, the median price for homes was has dropped a year over year. This was in... Uh, yeah, uh, okay. The median price during the month of November 2022 was $525,000. Wow. Down 2.5% uh, compared to November 2021 from the data of Inner Mountain MLS. Um like Couldn't that mean that more homes on the lower end are selling? Well, and I that's this is true. So I had mm -hmm. at that time I had an agent come on here from uh, Boise Idaho market and she was showing us from her MLS what the numbers were. 
And there were barely anything under that 300,000 range in the, like, I think there was like five houses and all of them were pending. Yeah. You know, and then everything above, you know, that 500,000, they were just sitting. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a, a gap in what we need as far as, you know, like they keep saying, oh, we have 5 million homes that need to be built, but it's not 5 million McMansions. It's not $500,000 homes. We need 5 million homes that are affordable to the average median price of a like median income home. There just isn't that many houses left. They aren't building those houses like they did after World War II, where there were two, three bedroom houses, one, one bathroom. And people are like, oh, kids today wouldn't want that. How would you know if you've never tested the market? I guarantee you those kids would buy it, you know, like they would do it. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, well, the whole, the whole movement to affordability in tiny homes a couple of years ago, what was that? Five years ago, four years ago. I'm still talking about, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I know, but there was like this mass movement that way, like where mm -hmm. people were making their regular house, a tiny home, you know, they were putting in, <laughs> they weren't like making it, but they were putting in all the, like, you know, the cute, uh, storage ideas and stuff like that, you know, trying to, you know what I'm saying? Like under the stair storage mm -hmm. and different cat, they were inputting everything. It, it just kind of became this whole wave. And I think it's not as like uh, trendy, but I think that's mm -hmm. a good thing. I think it's more normalized. And I think people, I think there'd be a huge market for that. Um, you know, you see a lot of people that are building duplexes and stuff like that, that are pretty small and they're really nice. And I think millennials would really like that personally millennials in the generation. What's the generation after them? The Z. younger zillennials, zennials. Gen Z is what I've always been taught. Yeah. I think, I think both in those groups would really like a small home, you know, good for, you know, two parents and a kid type of situation. They would probably live there for five years and then mm -hmm. upgrade. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of them just want to like paint their walls, their own color. Like, you know, you forget like the, the conveniences of renting or that you don't have a lot of expenses for the home, right? If something happens to the AC, the landlord takes care of it. The roof landlords takes care of it. So there are some expenses saved in a way if you rent, but you're also just paying off someone else's mortgage. So not with, everybody can buy right? And, or should buy. There are, there's right. always a market for rentals, but there are a good portion of people in my market. And I'm sure in your market, they make good money. They mm -hmm. have excellent credit. They just can't find anything in that price range for them to buy. You know, because or some of them want to spend more money on a nicer house, but they don't want 3,000 to 4,000 square feet. They want 2,000 square feet really well done. Yeah. And that's hard to find. Right. Well, so, uh, this commenter says, why do you guys never show the how wages do not meet the value so people cannot afford? These are facts. Matter of fact, I want you to go back to my video that I put out on Tuesday. I literally yeah. wrote it out on paper. I even drew a little house on how much the average median priced home was here in the United States. And I actually mm -hmm. compared it to the median income and how much you would need for a 20 down, a 20% down payment in order to be able to fill, afford that house. And why many people feel like buying a home today is a scam. I did a whole video about that very same thing. I do empathize with people that that cannot find a home that's affordable for them. That's why I like I, I truly do, because if you have worked hard, you have good credit and you're just trying to find a place that you can call your own. I think it's I think the market has 
more than there's enough space, there's enough room for people and builders to build these type of homes. But I understand they need to make money in the, in the long run. There has yeah. to be a something in they've done this before where you've talked about it on your show that after world war ii they made concessions for home builders to build these houses for veterans when they came back and they were able to get you know cheaper building materials they were using modular construction and getting them done quickly and they had at like a 4.5 interest rate in order to have these mortgages this is something that could be done uh, again and there's also government-owned land they could give that redevelop it to developers and have the private sector build these houses at a less, uh, you know, for le for less, so that way they could pass it on to the consumer. Right. Can be done. Yeah, we just talked about it earlier on this show too. We literally just said that. So, what what do you mean, you guys? Who's the you guy? Are you talking about economists? Or are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm just they, the knowers of all. They. 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 Why don't Why don't you guys ever? What are you talking about? Uh, this they. is a good chart your producers got up here. Yeah. Home price. Yeah. Uh, to median income ratio. I like this. So is is it only home price? It has no other affordability factors like interest rate because it looks like it kind of matches the rate increases, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, the interest rates. And then you got to look at inflation on top of it all. So I mm -hmm. and that was something I brought up in my video was like home prices are elevated. Interest rates are uh, elevated. You know, like if you look at the um, the affordability just to buy a home due to interest rates, that's like double than it was a year ago. Right. And then on top of it, then like you go to buy some bread and it's $9 for a loaf of bread. Like you feel like the world is stacked against you. How um, about them eggs? How about them eggs? Are you seeing how about this? Them eggs? They're like it hasn't really hit our market yet, but I didn't know what was going on. I saw somebody yesterday post a picture of a, of a trunk full of eggs and they're like, you know, what will this get me? I'm like, what are they talking about? And yeah. then someone else today, we're posting like $8 eggs and we don't have it yet. So we're going to go stock up. Well, I we need I to think, find some chickens. Well, I, I live in an area that's very, has a lot of agriculture. So I think that if you live in an area that has a lot of local farmers, you may not have that much of an issue with eggs than compared to like some other areas. Like New York City doesn't necessarily have a farmer right around the corner. So they can charge a lot more for those eggs. Not only that, I don't know if, if anybody lives in a rural area and you see a sign that says yard eggs, $2 a dozen, just pull on over. They have, they get, have get literally you. pulled it out of that chicken's butt yesterday <laughs> or this morning, you know, just go ahead and, and grab them. And, and they're perfectly fine. I love me some yard eggs. <laughs> hey, look what's causing what? the dramatic increases. Look at what is, it? I bet you, I bet you a million bucks. It's disease. If I'm going to guess, let's just say Colorado uh, experts say the current shortage of eggs is affecting the supply. Driving up prices is due to an outbreak of avian, avian. flu. Mm -hmm. Bird flu. Watch I out, guys. Knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I, You know, there's always some strain on some market and we always can. It's always easy to blame a infection. You think <laughs> it's you point. think you I wonder if it's uh, all those organic that don't, you know, they don't do any vaccines or anything and now their birds are dying. They don't, they don't, is that what it is? Organic, so organic chickens don't get vaccines? I'm interested. I, I don't know. Well, how could they be <laughs> totally organic if they if they get all the, I don't know the rules. I, I, I'm not a chicken raiser. <laughs> all I know so. is I need, I need to get some backyard chickens. Yes. Uh, question. Mark has a question. Could you get Randy Jones from Incredible Tiny Home Zone? He has affordable housing, not just to uh, not just talk. 
No, I know he does. And I've actually spoken to him on the phone. I'm going to have him on a, a future video because we're going to be talking about tiny homes. He has this something, I don't know if you've seen this, Ray, it's called an Incredibox. Now it's just like the shell of a tiny home. So you would have to like do it up, you know, mm. but it's $20,000 and it's already on the, like the chassis. You just literally walk in, you pay your 20,000 and they hook it up to your truck and you head home down the highway, but you have to like fix it up. Like you'll have to put in the flooring and the, in the sinks and all the, you know, all the you stuff. Finish it once you have it in place. Is that the right, right strategy? Right. But it's right. But it, it, they're made with like kind of like SIPs like construction, those um, structural um, uh, insulated panels. And they have the, like the foam all the way through them. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a real, he's the real deal. He's a real deal. He's That's not cool. Full of garbage. I've, what I've, what I've market is he in? He's in t t t Tennessee. Oh, that's Tennessee. his sister state. Yeah. <laughs> I touched Tennessee. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. And I've I've spoken to other people that have had his tiny homes. And anytime anything has gone wrong, he's always quick to get it done and get it fixed. That's cool. Yeah. And I'd love to put one of the I'd love to put one of those type of neighborhoods here. A tiny home? Yeah. Um yeah. If, you know, if you can find, and this is an investment tip for people, if you can find a old um uh, manufactured home park that where they've removed the uh, manufactured homes you can you can go to the local planning and zoning and see if you can build a tiny home community with those lots that are already set up because it already has water and sewer that hookups to those specific lots so um huh. you can usually get those for a steal because nobody wants those properties because there's all that concrete there and it's like, eh. but if you can turn you have it to do a lot of work to rehab it, to make it a mobile home park again too. So if you're going to do yeah, all that work, then might as well make it something more profitable, more profitable. Exactly. And, and it's much more appealing to not only to people that live in the area to see these cute little tiny houses that people can live in. They are like, Oh, that's so much nicer than the, the mobile homes that they're there. They don't like those, but they love the little tiny cute houses that makes them feel happy. So if you bring up that plan to the planning and zoning, they're going to have a little bit of better reception than having a vacant lot that's been sitting there deteriorating for years. So a little investor tip. <laughs> we have a lot of areas in the county that you probably don't even have to go before any kind of planning just do it uh, i would ray if you have that in your area man yeah do it you know <laughs> do it. you know out out in the boonies yeah <laughs> we create but a even out in the boonies like there's plenty of people that would love to just have their a place of their own yeah you could rent some of those little um tiny homes and you could have some where people either rot, lot rent or own that little lot themselves, you know? Have a little shared farm area for people to do their chickens and eggs. Oh, and a little garden. That, you know I mean, what? That's not a bad idea. No. It's thinking. Let's, let's All right. Go. As I sip from my normal size mug. You're just a big dude. You're like 6'2". <laughs> <laughs> That's true. This is actually the same size as yours. I'm just a yeah. giant. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know in Europe, affordable housing is dorm style living, private one to two bedroom shared kitchen. Young families use these. You know what, though? I mean, if there was a young, like if that was something that was available here, I know that people would use it. I people, think. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, but it, I mean, when we, my husband first got married, we lived in tax credit housing. I don't know if you know what that is. You have to oh. qualify via your income. And I was the only one that had, uh, 
good credit at the time. So we oh. qualified with my income to live in this tax credit housing. Now you could make as much as you needed, you wanted to make after you got qualified. You could stay there. If I was even a millionaire, I could still continue to live there. You, you didn't get unqualified once you started making more money. But our first apartment together was tax credit housing. <laughs> tax credit housing. I've never heard of this. this is the yeah, first this time. is in Florida. It was in Florida. Yep. I liked it. It was a nice apartment. It was, I mean, nice for what it is. It was, I mean, it had a nice, it had a stove, it had a refrigerator. It didn't smell like roaches, you know, <laughs> it was, it was good enough. <laughs> what if, uh, so that's a, was it like an apartment style living? Yes. Yes. It okay. had an apartment style, uh, with a, like a bay window type thing. I feel like other... you wouldn't even have known it was like tax credit. It just looked like apartment buildings. I feel like other countries are a little more progressive with the alternative building materials than we are. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I So there's something called a gablock. Have you ever heard of this thing? I'll send a link. I'm going to put a link in the uh, in the chat for the producer here. Okay. Uh, but it's G-A-B-L-O-K. He may already find it before me. In so this, uh, this... Island Knight said something really quick before you get into that. It says developed yeah. developers are unmotivated to build single family homes, but 1500 square feet uh, under 1500 square feet. I agree. I agree. They, it's well, not, I mean, it's not the lack of motivation. It's the lack of money, money they get from it. Yeah. It's the I mean, money. They're not, they're not a not for profit. Right. So it's not, there's no money in it. I, I get so, it. They want to make as much as they can with that lot that they got. Well, if they started more affordable, building processes that like something like this that I just sent the producer there this good block there's a cool video on the front page that does Is like it a, a speed ramp it, it, it they're insulated blocks so they're they're sips uh structural engineered panels uh, here they are they're not panels they're blocks though yeah but it's still it's a, literal, it's still a you'll rewind it a little bit i get what you're saying yeah. they're like legos yes and they fit together you have a one block a there it is. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see. There it is. Yeah. That's what it is. You sit it on top and then you just hammer it until it's flat. And it's like a couple of hammers and then bam, it's locked in place. Right. It's That's like your wall. That's your wall structure. This is this has been out for a few years now, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's not in America yet. No, no. Um, we are very, the construction sector of the United States is very slow to adapt to new things of change anything that's yeah. different it will take them a long time um, a perfect example is we when i first moved here i had heard about radiant barrier in the attic and every home builder that i met in here around here was like we're not doing that we don't need that we don't need to do that we don't need to do that and it took yeah. so many people complaining that we didn't have radiant barrier then now every house is built with radiant barrier in it um it just it takes the, the public has to push for something to change because builders yeah. aren't going to do it. They just, they know exactly how to build a house a certain way. And they're just going to stay along that path until someone tells them no. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, the whole uh, 3d printed houses are coming. I don't think so. The whole, Yeah. In Austin, they're doing a whole neighborhood. Right. But for the individual person saying, I've got a lot and I'm going to build it with a 3d printer. You have to hire a special engineer to engineer it for your specific lot. The equipment yeah. itself weighs tons. 
you have to hire a yes. whole different type of staff. It's not a DIY to... situation. <laughs> no, but a lot of people are like, I'm going to build my house efficiently and it's going to be so much cheaper with 3D printing. No, no it's not. It's... No, it's not. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's that much cheaper. Well, no, it could be like anything else. Like, you know, when when big screen TVs came out, it was so expensive to have a big screen TV and they were big and bulky. And But the more people that bought them, the more the cost went down and down and down. That's what they're hoping happens with solar is that eventually actually becomes efficient. Got a $5 super chat. It says, Randy Jackson lacks integrity. Have proof. Won't buy anything from incredible tiny homes, even a sips shell. Ooh. Email me. Oh, that's my. <laughs> you like that? A subscriber. Super chat. That, that sounds. Super chat throwing some super shade. Yeah. So yeah, the super chat was selling some uh, selling some super shade. Yes. Email me. <laughs> let me know what you got there. I, I'd be interested. I haven't had them on here, so anything good would be good. Anything good. Yeah. So here's some structural engineered blocks. I mean, this is just a bigger version of the block that you were just yeah. showing. Um, but I, I, I like these, these, uh, this is what my, my, uh, little tiny house is made out of is SIPs construction. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I say it's kind of like, a, a a foam cooler. <laughs> yeah. My, this, and even the, um, ceiling is made of that, um, foam. How, cooler. Do, they, how do they run through. the electrical and stuff through it though? It's through the bottom. This is oh, on here. Right. Yeah, of course. This is on Pierce, okay. so it comes up through the bottom. Now, if you go of to um, the remember the folding houses that I've shown before, the folding houses through Boxable. Mm -hmm. Now that goes all the way through. Their their electrical goes uh, has like a a tubing in there, and you cut in the wall, and you can pull out all your wires through that tubing. That's nice. Yeah. So I mean, they each company has their own way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so. But if you get one of these, just know that it, <laughs> we'll get there. Super chat. If super you get a house chat. with SIPs construction, just know that they hold a lot of moisture. So have some dehumidifier type of uh, thing or make sure that your air conditioning system has a, a big dehumidifier, especially if you live in a humid area like yeah, I do in South Louisiana. <laughs> mm -hmm. Living in Omaha, uh, David Matney says, Christina Ray. Well, who do you think will be the winners and losers in 2023 when it comes to the real estate market? Who do you think is mm. going to be the winners? Let's start with the winners. Let's start with the positive. Who's going to be the winners? Uh, man, I think I think the some of the biggest winners, speaking of the real estate industry, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, I'll start, you know, I am a real estate agent. So that's one of the things we look at. A real estate agent is going to have an easier time or harder time this year. I think if you're a real estate agent with old school principles, work ethic, and philosophy, but some new school technology, you're going to be a huge winner in this market because you have the work ethic that it takes to, to get the job done. You're going to have good follow-up skills. You're going to have good skills in helping clients through tough times, and you've modified and adopted some tech. On the opposite side, the loser is by token that those that didn't adopt the new technology or those brand new agents without the skill set to get through a tough market. If they don't develop that skill set, then they're going to lose. And so I think you're going to see a lot of real estate agents returning to part-time work and, and, uh, or retiring. And, and so I think there's going to be a pretty thick middle of solid agents that make it through. Well, let's talk to, about the consumer. I think the, uh, the winners for the uh, housing market in 2023 are going to be the buyers that are smart enough 
to know to stick it out and start to really hunt for some good deals. There's going to be some sellers that are in a that only read headlines and are panicked. So they're willing to like kind of drop their prices quickly. And they probably don't have an experienced agent like Ray was talking about. They're maybe yeah. they're a little bit newer. And that agent has might have been stressing them out, saying, Oh, the market's churning, you know, maybe we should really drop this price. Look out for those. And I would say uh the the savvy buyer that's watching the interest rates and that is looking for those really good deals is gonna be the biggest winners because like I have, I've lived through this kind of environment before and the, the investors that were out buying in 2007 and 2008, those were the winners. <laughs> those are the big yeah. winners. And so um, I, that's what I say. And I think the biggest losers are going to be the housing crash bros because they're going to be, they're going to look like really big idiots. Cause for the last two years, they've been promising, promising 40% decreases in prices, 40%. <laughs> We're going to try to do some more exposing of the, uh, of the crash happy YouTubers. And, uh, by talking to them a little bit on, you know, when we do our podcast, we're going to, we're going to bring them up this time. Are you going to um, invite them on your, uh, podcast? Will you invite them that on would there? be really funny to invite them on there and then totally I think roast you them. Should. I think you should. <laughs> no, I mean, the worst they can say is no, the worst they can yeah. say is no. So I, I would, I would really welcome that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. And hey, what do you think about this positive headline? No, oh, it's going to crash. Okay. <laughs> well, well I, what are you, what about the builders though? What what builders are going to make it through? Oh, I, I I don't have a lot of empathy for a lot of builders because what they did to a lot of people during the the boom. Now, I granted they were mm -hmm. making money, but they put a lot of people in a bad predicament when they designed those uh, builders contracts. These people put it in a price, let's just say for four hundred thousand, and they were waiting for the house to be built and then they get to closer to the time we're gonna, they're about to close and they're like, oh, you're gonna pay an additional $75,000 even though you were contracted for this amount of money. I Those builders, I just, I have no empathy for. I think yeah. a lot of builders and they have been doing this since the like middle of last year is that they have jumped out of the uh, single family building which is going to cause a problem for uh, the problem that we already have, which is not enough houses being built. And they're going to jump into the private sector and do multifamily. And when that's what they've been doing. So yeah. the ones that need to dump their inventory, they're just going to sell it to investors. They're just going to do those build to rent. I don't, I don't think they're going to be in the same predicament as they were when we got into getting our license in 2007. There wasn't that many big investors at that time that were buying up yeah. large blocks of uh homes you know build you know builder homes but this time they're more than willing and ready to do it they're they want to yeah. do it <laughs> can stocks start 2023 on a firmer footing what is this blackrock what is this the you know i oh, think well, somebody I mentioned that... blackrock in the comments oh blackstone would be the big investor right yeah, Blackstone was the one that has been buying because they're with Invitation and um, Icon or Tricon, Tricon mm -hmm. Homes, and they've been uh, buying up. Mm -hmm. They had said, um, even J.P. Morgan Chase has teamed up with another um, investment company to even buy up more homes. They're, they're holding up a bit. Oh, they're holding off uh, about one billion dollars to invest this year into buying even more homes. So that's two separate. Well, you saw the thing. You saw the thing yesterday. 
about some of Blackstone's investments supposedly were in trouble because people were asking for their money out of the fund. Mm -hmm. And then uh, University of California gives them $4 billion. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It's not, an, I know it's not on the docket, but somebody's talking about Blackstone making it. I think they'll be all right. They're, they own, so, they, <laughs> own they really own the universe. Honest to God, yeah. they have. Um, look at the World Economic Forum and Blackstone and BlackRock are one of their biggest contributors. Just mm -hmm. saying, just saying, if you want to put on your tinfoil hat, I have one around here. <laughs> I need to get um, one. We were talking about that last time. <laughs> Our $5 super chat says, um, we'll email you tomorrow or later tonight. Please don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Thank you. Of, of course not. Of course not. I, 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 want, I just want to know for myself what's going on. I want on to know there. all the drama. Oh yeah, I like me some good drama, don't you? <laughs> I'll I'll let you know. I'll sl I'll, I'll slide into your DMs yeah. with all the drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PB and J has a question. How do you say um, buyers in 2007-2008 uh, won? Uh, Have you seen the chart <laughs> from home prices from 2005 into 2020 or 2020-22? Have you seen that chart? I'm sure your producer can bring it up. I will say this. If you like the person that brought my house in 2007 bought my Super house for 200 in I think it was Super two, chat. Thank, you. thank you for the super chat $10 super chat from uh Sir Ashley. I appreciate you. Um he bought my house for 200 I mean so yeah, 235,000. It had reduced in price to 185. He refi he was able to restructure his mortgage. He got it down to 185. Then he was able to sell that house five years later for 235,000. The guy still made bank on the house. Um, you know, people people that held on to an asset held on to that asset during that time when it went rocky still and gained money. Um, you know, if you're, if you're only planning on living in a house for three years, don't buy a house, don't buy a house, you know? Yeah. I, there's, there's a lots of lots and lots of reasons to buy a house. Mm -hmm. One of them is that it's a good investment. That's not the only reason there's way more reasons to buy a house. Like you want to paint your walls. You want to live in a place and do whatever you want to it. You want to get rid of a wall and open up a living space so that you can live better. You want a place with a pool that you can do whatever you want with. So there's lots and lots of reasons to buy a house. One of them is investment, but it seems like everyone focuses in so much on the investment that we forget that like sometimes people just need an extra bedroom. So they're going to buy this year, no matter what. So, right. and people are moving, right? They got a new job. So they're going to buy a house no matter what, because if they were to go to this market and live there for five years in rent, they would lose money. So they're losing less money by owning the asset. So they're going to buy. Even if home prices go down a little bit, they'll be fine on the way out. So I think, and, and if home prices go down and they can do it, they could just keep it, rent it out. So I, I know there's so many different ways to win with housing and all the focus that people put in on, hey, this is a bad investment right now because, you know, the rates are high or uh, there's not enough homes to buy. You can make a deal, find a good agent. You can create a deal. We're creating tons of deals right now for our clients. But it's not always about the investment. Sometimes it's about living your life where you want to. I always say that um, to know that you made a good deal on a house. Uh, if you think you bought a house for a bad deal, hold on to it for 10 years and you, you'll be fine. Yeah. You'll Suddenly still, it's yeah. a great deal. In 10 years, you're going to be like, oh, I'm glad I held on to that terrible investment. <laughs> 
it all balances out within 10 years, I assure you. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is, is that chart I was telling you about. Where you can yeah. see in 2006, where the, and these are just median home prices. And I can uh -huh. assure you that actual home values increased way more than this median home price chart shows. Remember, median is just the value of the home that sells in the middle of the market. That's, that's really all median is. It doesn't really take into account home price increases or decreases through the market. But this is just a good, like an aside to, to see, like if you bought a home in 06 and you cap it, you're on a pretty great run. It increased mm -hmm. almost $100,000 for you. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that, and that also depends on where you lived. Like if you lived in the area that I had sold my house, which was Orlando, Florida, you were going to see a much more of an impact of the decrease in, in, um, prices. If you bought here and bought that at that same time, and you, you didn't have to wait any time. We didn't have any decreases here. It's remained flat for three years. We had, a, uh, housing prices remained flat for three years. They didn't go up. They didn't go down. They just, they just kept moving along. So, I mean, you didn't lose anything. You lost nothing. And people kept telling yeah. everybody, don't buy right now. It's really bad. Don't buy right now. It's really bad. But <laughs> it wasn't bad. Nothing happened. Uh, and housing prices right now, like I showed at the beginning, are still increasing. They're still going up. Yep. Um, are they going up at the rate that they were at the beginning or even last year at this time? Absolutely not. No, they're not. But they're still increasing. And I had said it was going to be the great stagnation. That's what I kept saying. We're going to be remaining stagnant for a while. Do you like that? Yeah, that's good. Stagnation, the great stagnation. <laughs> Peter says, question, what are your thoughts on using AI chat G uh, GPT for marketing purposes? What do you what do you have your opinion about this? I So unfortunately, I bought Jarvis and two weeks later, chat GPT launches. So I have two different AIs that I run and I, mm -hmm. I really like them. Um, they're really good for ideas, for coming up with ideas, for developing your ideas. I'm a writer, so there's no way that I could just let it write a whole thing for me. But the right. other day we put in, uh, we put in the number of bedrooms and bathrooms, a home size. We put in a couple of details about the neighborhood, about a home's layout, uh, and just some features, you know, and like, you know, large windows, natural wood look, all this stuff. And then we, we asked it to write a property description that is 256 characters for uh, this property and then described it. And we just kind of described it using what real estate agents normally put in a property description, probably. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. Like the, the description it came up with was great. And then we said, write a property description uh, in story form. And so then it even made it even better. And then we were like, make it better. And it made it better. Then we said, expand on it. And then it expanded on it. We could use that for a blog post. So I think there are some good, like, I'm just, I mean, there's only so many ways I could say plenty of counter space uh, <laughs> like, or a cozy uh, fireplace. Uh, my, my, oh my gosh. I was a queen of saying boasts. <laughs> boasts high ceilings. That's a word that I won't let my agents use is boasts. This really? home boast, yeah. I'm like the home doesn't boast nothing. Doesn't say, I'm, yeah. I'm a boaster. <laughs> I it's like that it's hard to get it out. So we're trying to be better and more creative with our vocabulary and what we do, but we're also trying to be more efficient. And mm -hmm. so that's just one of the ways we use it. But I also used it the other day in coming up with a keywords list, a basic keywords list for an ad I was running on Google, mm -hmm. and I was like, pick the best keywords that would work for. I'm just 
like home valuations or something. Mm-hmm. And it, and it had a Google keywords list for me that I then put into Google and it came up with even more. So, you know, if you're just stumped or just want to get something done pretty quickly, I think using it on the back end is going to be more popular than using it for front facing marketing material. And it's not an end all be all because the information on there, I think it stops at 2021 and there's a lot of things that come up, you know, so you're like, you're looking for the top 10 list. That list may not even apply to, to, you know, yeah. it stops at 2021. Um, I think it to me, it's, I say it's my, it's my copywriter. I'm, I enjoy writing very much, but I also know that I skip words because my brain works faster than my mouth and my, you know, like typing does. Yes. So I take it, I'll, I'll write something. And then I copy and paste it into chat GPT and I might say, make this sound better. And it does. You yeah. Know? Isn't that like, wild? Make this sound better. You, you know, you could voice to, you could voice to text it and yeah. just like talk about everything you're thinking. And you say, make this sound better. And bam. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a, a, some crazy it's a tool. Stuff. It's not going to take over the planet. It's a tool. And I know a lot of people have been using it to create descriptions for properties. They've been using it for blog posts about real estate properties. I think it's just a good way to uh, connect two things together because you do have to satisfy the AI of, of the algorithms in the webinars versus the webinars, yes. whatever you the have to satisfy that. So if you're, if you're, you know, you have a thought process and you want to make a blog post and you want it to get found, if you put it in chat GPT saying using the keywords that I just found, can you put, you know, make a blog post that I just wrote using those keywords and marry those two things together. Now you've gotten your yes. voice, you've gotten your voice heard because the algorithm has picked up on those keywords and it was still something you wanted to say um, about that specific house. I think that's an easy way to get unstuck. Right. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. great tool. I don't think it's going to take over the universe. But when I first saw it, I, I, I was a gas. I was so excited. Ray saw that I have a group on uh, Facebook that helps real estate agents with their YouTube channels. And the, when I, that came out, I jumped on a live stream in there. I'm like, everybody get on this chat GPT now. <laughs> yeah. Right it's now it's actually, unfortunately, super high volume. It's exceeding, exceptionally high volume right now. I made it right a... <laughs> I made chat GPT, an artificial Uh intelligent, you know, robot, basically, Uh right? I said, explain how robots would take over the world. Like, what what would a robot say if you asked it to explain how robots take over the world? And And it's really funny. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, it's important to note that there's no inherent reason why robots would ever take over the world and pose a threat to humanity. And and so... I tried to get it it to say that that buying a home is a scam. It would not do it. It would not say that buying home was a really? scam. I've tried. That's almost like- more interesting to me. Like uh, some of the stuff that it can't, it can't do. Like it can't, the, the thing it tells me, uh, because I had to do it several different ways. And I finally was like, you know, in story form, you know, write a story about robots taking over. So I finally got it to say, here's how robots would take over the world. But it's really interesting to see what it can't do. And mm-hmm. what it's not capable of thinking about that we just think about like easily. Mm-hmm. And so while, while it's a great tool, there's still, there's still these little quirks that if you don't watch, and like you said, the, the data can be wrong. You still have to verify. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask it for a top 10 list of the best places to live and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you still need to go there and then like verify that information and see what, what information it's pulling from. Um, right. I wish it would give you source material. I wish it would say, no. here's what we wrote. You can ask what? it. You can oh, ask it for it. I never even thought about that. 
Yeah, you can totally do that. I've done that. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm going to do that now because so then it's easier to verify and see like, you know, oh, this is really old. <laughs> yep. Um, there, back to real estate. Mm. <laughs> Has there been any data on institutional investors yeah, okay. buying up these homes? Are there still as aggressive or less or less so? I wouldn't say they're as aggressive. But I would say they're still out there buying institutional investors are companies and entities that purchase 10 or more properties in a single year. The These buyers bought one to 15 single family homes sold in the third quarter of 2022 or 6.7% of home sales, while not as high as 8.4 share uh, record at the same time in 2021 is still slightly up from the second quarter of 2022. Where did this come from, Edward? Is this from Adam? Where is this from? Uh, da, 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 da. Bologna. <laughs> I hope it's not full of Bologna. <laughs> so I'm gonna... ten, ten, 10 housing markets <laughs> uh, where institutional investors are buying the most. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Atlanta market, I've talked to real estate agents and they said that like 40% of their, um, at one point, about 40% of their um, contracts are coming through work from investors. And, and, you know, the thing is, is that like at the beginning of the pandemic, it was kind of downplayed how much institutional investors were actually purchasing. And they were like, they only own 2% of the market and they're making a big stink about nothing. You know, like this is just what gets clicks. Well, then it became so apparent that they were buying a lot more homes than that. And now I don't know if you saw the affordable housing plan by um, the current administration where they were talking about they're going to be addressing. They had an update to it. They're going to be addressing institutional investors because it has gotten to be so prevalent in so many housing markets, how much they're actually purchasing, you know, the build to rent and stuff. So they're going to be mm -hmm. meeting about that. I'm going to, I'm interested. I don't well, know if that's actually going to happen now because um, we'll see what happens. I'm interested. The first move they did, I think it was last year, they increased how much you had to pay. If you were an investor, they increased how much you had to pay for the house if it's not your mm -hmm. primary residence. And so it kicked mm -hmm. out a lot of beginner investors. Mm -hmm. So they could address the institutional investors that, I would say target those buying more than 10 a year. I wouldn't call somebody an institutional, like some of my regular investors buy 10. So right. I would say if you're buying over like, you know, 20, 30 houses, you would, this, this, whatever they do should impact that. That's probably a good idea to kind of slow that a little bit. I just sent something to your producer uh, on, from fortune. It was posted on mm -hmm. Yahoo who everyone tells me it's Yahoo, but it's Yahoo to me. Institutional Yahoo. home buyer yield street slashes buying levels by 90%. So I, there I are wonder... some, there are some big guys that are pulling back, but we've actually seen an increase of those investors in our market. But I think mm -hmm. maybe they're decreasing in major markets. Um, right. But these they're guys pulled back ninety percent. I, I want to ask you really quick. Uh, there was a there's proposed um, bill in California for um, I think it's San Francisco, but they are saying that because there's a they have amassed a large amount of vacant homes in that area and it, a lot of them are owned by uh, institutional investors and they want to charge Ooh. them an extra tax for keeping those homes vacant instead of renting them out um, because they have a, a large population of people that are looking for affordable housing do you think that is a yeah. smart proposal i you know i need to think through i'm i'm traditionally small government guy right so right. whenever a government's like hey we're going to tax people that are doing something i'm like ah oh, you know they own it they can do whatever they want with it but if it is just a house sitting vacant that seems like there's an ulterior motive there that's probably not good for the end consumer 
So Correct. I would say that does seem like a good idea. Yeah. So they take it um, home tax. Right. So they were using it as an example. There's a condominium uh, community that was there and it uh, 30 homes, 30 of those condos were owned by one investor. And he had um, another 20 of those homes that had rentals, renters in there. And he was charging them an exorbitant amount of rent. And because those other ones were sitting vacant, that kept the market rate for those high, mm. the rental rate high. Market manipulation. So, Market manipulation, exactly. So that was their uh, their example to use why they believe this is something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah, it's hurting the end user. Doesn't make sense for the overall strategy. It's manipulating a market that has all the hallmarks for regulation. I, I, that's what I think, too. That's what yeah. I think, too. Eddie, did you want to pull that? <laughs> CMHO8 says government meddling in the market. What could possibly go wrong? That's well, my thought too, man. But you have to look at it and be like, well, this is legit. I mean, it seems like it seems like the person owning those properties is the one that's meddling in the market. Yeah, but federal government meddles into the market. I mean, our good old uh, Jerome Powell, he he loves to say, you know, we're going to be hurting Americans and doing what we need to do to make housing more affordable. He keeps saying that he's yeah. raising rates because he's going to make housing more affordable because it got out of control. Yeah, That's yeah, what he it got said. out of control when, when he dropped numbers to zero. Is that what he means? Yeah, oh, not his mistake. That was our fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they did come out and say they made a mistake. Did you see that? The no. uh, Fed committee came out and said that it was an error that they shouldn't have, they should have acted sooner and not so drastic. And that, that, that error has sent us into this market volatility we're experiencing now. Yeah. I was surprised that they, they said something like they Hindsight came out and said, though. Our bad. yeah. I mean, we've all made mistakes where I'm like, Oh man, I wish I would have known. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Diamond Rush Media says thoughts on tech and high schools, creating programs to build small homes. I love it. My thought is that fantastic. And I think that uh, people, kids learning to do things with their hands instead of in front of a computer mm -hmm. screen is a good idea. I think I, the, the new school? comment that I hear, hear the kids say now is go outside and touch some grass. When they get in over their head and they're just all like saying all these random stuff, babe, go outside and touch some grass. <laughs> really? that I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm an interesting uh uh, generation. I'm the 1982 born. So the 1982 to 1984, they call the Oregon trail generation. It's just this little pocket that is in between generations. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm really the oldest millennial, but they still call it something different because we grew up the first half of our life without computers or technology really in the household. And then the last half of our life, computers and technology were everything. So mm -hmm. I can remember when I was 14. I mean, I was playing outside from dusk, from, from, early morning to late at night, every single day until I was about 12 or 14. Then I ordered a computer. We got a computer in our house. And back then you had to build the computer. Like you couldn't just go get a computer and open it, open it up and it works. You had to like put it together. We so had we, an Apple IIc in our house in 1982. And all you did was well, plug that sucker in. <laughs> well, we were at the time I was not an Apple. We didn't even know that Apple. So if you wanted like a, if you wanted a, a good computer with it, you know, when you had to, mm -hmm. like those fast, supposedly like 28, yeah. eight modem, you had to build that <laughs> sucker. So, so like I built our first computer and then we learned how to make websites so we could write HTML and Java code. And most of the people my age can like do, they can write a little bit of code. 
right? That's mm -hmm. not a big, because we had MySpace and you had to write a little bit of code if you wanted to right. trick out your MySpace. So I think this a movement for the younger generation to get outside is huge. I, I love that kind of stuff. And anything like trade schools and, and, and that type of thing that could teach kids to work with their hands using a product that we need. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I just think there is a group of kids that are meant for the computer world. And there's another group of kids that need to be outside and touch grass, you know, like they need to be <laughs> yeah. outside and, and work with their hands. They're just like, I don't think we can put them all. Like, I don't know how many times I've heard like your kid needs to learn how to write code. Not every kid's going to want to know or need to know how to write code. You know, like that just, yeah. they don't need to like, there's going to be a need for people to be in the trades. I wish high schools would, teach kids how to do some of these trades that used to be able to get certain diplomas for. And it'd be really helpful, you know, for building tiny houses, for building affordable housing in their area. It could be their school project for the year and they could help the community by building these kinds of things. They could finish the project on a Habitat for Humanity house. 100%, 100%. But you know, they don't- To like go through the school us. year and you like build a house, like your class builds a house, that would be cool. That would be so cool. And then, yeah. then like you graduate two years later and see your house, somebody living in it that you made. And then like five pride. years later, it burns down because you were just a high school student doing the wiring. Stop it, <laughs> Ellen. What a dream squasher you just, are. Back to, back to reality. <laughs> where, did, where did you come from? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Question. Do you recommend any places for a new buyer to live a new arkansas. buyer to live. <laughs> i actually i yeah. do recommend arkansas quite a bit because you yeah. have a lot of affordable housing options i love the state of louisiana and don't get me wrong we do have affordable housing options here but i'm going to be completely honest with you we flood <laughs> we a little, flood. Bit. <laughs> little, little bit a little bit land and, of and, lakes and, there Land of Lakes. And you never know where, like, you could be in an area that has never flooded in 500 years and some random storm that has no name, no hurricane out of nowhere, dumps water for two days and you're five feet, you know, with water in your house. And you were told by somebody who was not informed, well, that wasn't a good real estate agent, that your, your home is not required to have home flood insurance. You may not be required to have flood insurance, but you should always have it. It's very inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, uh, it, we're inexpensive here. It's a good place to buy, but make sure you have flood insurance, please. Or a boat. <laughs> what? I said, what or a boat. Or a boat, yeah. <laughs> well, there's lots of people have P-Rows here. That's a word I learned when I moved yeah. here. <laughs> um, question, what is it, your prediction for rent increase or decrease? Rents have recently slowed. Uh, slowed. We talked yep. about that recently. Yeah, it was either on this week's show or last week's show. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, rents have slowed. They're, they're still gaining, but they're gaining they're at a slower gaining. pace, just like home prices. Yeah. Um, so I think they're still going to go up. Gains drop sharply. <laughs> yeah. Gains are dropping sharply. Uh, we're putting out a short because Dan was hilarious about that. He was like, I'm 50. I've weakened sharply since I was 25. I was like, oh, it's kind of been slow and steady over time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think just rents... think it's going to be a flattening, a flattening, yeah. another yeah. stagnation. Normalization of its old average increases will kind of slow down to maybe a crawl and then it'll just kind of go up normally like it had for 10, 10 years prior. Um, some areas, though, that like, you know, these people were paying twenty five hundred and then they get the increase. Uh, this was over like right at the beginning of the spring and they were up, you know, mm -hmm. to thirty two hundred dollars. 
Like they're like, how are we supposed to do this? That was happening a lot in Dallas and stuff. So, I mean, some of those areas are going to see a little bit more of a, a rejection of their increases of rentals. You know, yeah, I just I found it. I sent it to your producer. Rents are now rising at the slowest pace in 19 months. Uh, yeah. Stagnation. They're yeah. still rising. They're still rising, but they're not. Uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing those increases like they because I mean, honestly, the cost of living is so much people can't handle it. You know, like our investors aren't stupid enough to want the most of society to be homeless. You know, they need people right. to pay rent. So the, at some point they're going to have to give in, you know, it, you can hate your landlord all you want, but then the, their end goal is just to make money. And if they can't have people that can't afford it, so they'll yeah. have to adjust it. So rents for both single family homes and apartments are still rising, but far slower pace. Where is this from? Eduardo? Which says real estate. Oh, CNBC. Okay. Uh, Rent relief varies from market to market. Rents in the Sun Belt rose 0.9% year over year. Yeah, 0.9%. That isn't that much. And I'm sure it's in those major yeah. markets too. It's probably going to be like your Dallas, Texas, your um Well, it really went up. It really went up in uh oh, oh 20. It really went up in 2021 and 2022 because you had the the people fleeing the major markets into the minor markets and they just needed somewhere to rent because they didn't want to be in an overpopulated city when there was a pandy running rampant. Mm -hmm. And uh, when that happened in the quote unquote mass exodus, I think you saw a lot of rents increase because it was such a demand. You saw housing prices increase because it was mm -hmm. such a demand. I think it's just going to kind of normalize now. If more companies start to require their people to come back to work, you know, like the lady was saying about DC federal employees coming back to DC, if that starts to happen around the country to the private sector, then I think you're going to see a lot of the minor markets, a lot of people leave and go back, have to go back to California or go back to Texas. I've already sold a couple of houses from people that said, they said we could work from home forever. And now they're saying that we need to come back to the office. So we got to sell and go back. So I don't, I, there's somebody in some higher up position that hired their nephew to be a busybody, And for <laughs> two years, that guy had pretty much been on vacation because, you know, nobody was in the office. Well, they need junior to have his job back to be the busybody in the office. So they're going to send those people back to work. I've seen it with many companies that said, this is far more profitable for us to keep people at home. We don't have to cover the insurance of a building. We don't have the lights to turn on. We don't have the security. We don't have the trash pickup. This is much better for us as a, as an equity position for our company um, in the long run. And then, you know, junior in the background is like, I'm not the glitter poster boy anymore. And he's like, oh man, we got to get people back in the office. <laughs> well, so this, <laughs> you know? th this was a prediction that we made on the show, uh, the This Week in Real Estate show. Dan and I were talking about this as there was a mass exodus in California. Mm -hmm. And we said, what do you think is going to happen? And I brought up the huge fail. Um, I think it was 2013. Um, what was her name? Marissa Mayer. Uh, Yahoo, uh, they did a whole remote work situation mm -hmm. and the productivity of everyone that was not working from home was just slashed. And they, they basically said, all right, everybody come back in because we're not as productive as, as we used to be. And one of the things we talked about on our show was when people 
when they when they all left to go to remote work, they were living mm-hmm. in the second home market. They decided to live on the beach or in the mountains where they've always wanted to live. And they could do the work from home stuff because now their company allowed it. So they were all doing it and they were doing well. Productivity wasn't as high, but no one noticed because demand was not as high. And when that demand wasn't as high, they were totally fine with it. Hey, Lincoln, you just got a hundred bucks. Uh, nice, Johnny O. Thank you for Johnny O for that hundred dollar super chat. I appreciate you. If I you love have a his picture too. Put it in the chat. I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you very much. Um, so whenever that happened and they couldn't work there anymore, my prediction was that I think all these companies are going to say, actually, our productivity is not what it, our efficiency with what we're asking people to do is not as high because these people are working from home. And so I thought people would eventually have to start coming back into the office. But I don't think all companies, I don't think that's true of all companies though. Cause like there's plenty of companies that have said, you know, our productivity and our, our revenue has increased exponentially because people are working from home. Yeah. I don't think it's meant for everybody. And I think that the companies that offer that hybrid for people are going to be the ones that win. Mm-hmm. Um, those are going to be the ones that win. Not that that really has to do anything with housing, but it does in a way because everybody's got to. Well, where people are living, you know, yeah, work, live and work. work. It all tied together. So we didn't go off the rails. We didn't go off the rails. Right. I know that you've been here for an hour and 15 minutes and I know you have a family and I appreciate you just spending time with us talking about real estate. If you ever want to come back again, please do. If anybody needs to get a hold of Ray in the Arkansas market, he is. He is a big deal out there, man. And he also has a <laughs> podcast. It's mostly geared towards real estate agents. You'll see me in the chat there. Yeah. I always listen to him every single week. Uh, him and his buddy, they do a uh, podcast together talking about the headlines and what's going on. But he relates it more towards real estate agents. And I happen to listen every week. You'll you'll hear me. You'll hear, hey, hello, Christina Smallhorn. And anytime they say yeah, affordable any, housing, anytime. I am in the chat. <laughs> Yeah, if we like say tiny words. homes or affordable housing three times, it's like Beetlejuice. She pops right in there. So, no, yeah, that's the best <laughs> place. You guys follow that. Uh, it's also in po- actual podcast form. We're actually more popular on the podcast platform right now than we are on the YouTube. So I got to get over. I got to get my YouTubes working. But um, and they can also connect with me on Instagram. So I'm Ray Zorback, R-A-Y-Z-O-R-B-A-C-K on Instagram. So feel free to DM me or message me anytime. I'm never I have an Instagram account. I'm never on there. <laughs> Uh, I love Insta. Insta for me is like the jumping off point to everything else I have. And see my YouTube and my YouTube community is like, this is is your jumping off point. This is my family. I love these people. (laughs) Like, and having to, I feel, I feel like I'm cheating on people if I go somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if you guys, now that you're talking about podcasts, I'm actually, uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I am uh, turning these all into podcasts. Now you can listen to them on um, where you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, um, there's a couple other ones. I think Eddie has told me I've forgotten what they are, but Eddie set that up. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie did that. Eddie did that. That's the producer. So there, there's my little podcast for everyone, real estate for everyone with Christina Smallhorn. If you guys need a, um, a real estate referral anywhere across the country and with very cool agents, just like here, Ray Allen, you can just contact me through my website at christinasmallhorn.com. Go ahead and hit one of those pink buttons and it will connect you to a form. You just fill out what you're looking for. Please put your phone number there so I can give you a phone call. I'll give you a quick call. We'll talk about what your real estate needs are and I'll connect you with a real estate agent I know in the area. All right, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic week. If you have anything that you want to discuss in real estate, please put it in the comments section 
below. And I will see if that's something that will be brought up on the next live stream. We are here every single week at 3.30 on Sunday Central Time. Thank you, Ray. Well done. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is cool. I know. As I usual. Love I love your I love your people. They're good people. I know. I have the best. I mean, they ask the best questions, too. And sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes it gets a little heated, you know, sometimes. I and like me, it. me and you sometimes don't always, like, uh, agree on the same thing. So I was kind of saying. That's what makes it great. You're, you're more like, I'm more empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, look, Eddie's got the Latin music going again. Did it dance? Can you go to his mom's house?